Podcast. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into Missing the Point. I'm DK Sizzle. I'm here with a couple of goons. We're going to talk about the Celtics. Uh, Joe Malkin's here to talk about the Steez with us. And uh, Real BK Bob Kelly's here. And Craig's here somewhere, skulking around in the dark. Producer Craig, uh, you know, doing his whatever his thing is. We don't know. We don't want to be associated with it because that's called plausible deniability. What's up, dudes? We haven't... Uh, the last Celtics show I think we did collectively as a podcast was we were 1-0 up on the Nets. Yeah. Is that correct? Bobby, it was me, you and Ray. We were 1-0 up on the Nets. We were feeling bullish. Uh, we were feeling uh, pretty good about ourselves. We were predicting a kind of a collectively conservative run that didn't end up coming true because we swept them or nothing, uh, which I was I mean, pretty excited about. I'll start with you, Bobby. What's uh, what's what's your general overall spirit level at right now with, uh, with a 4-0 sweep? Listen, I mean, even my bullish prediction ended up being given the Nets too much credit, which is crazy to me. Like I, I got on here, I was hyped up, and it seemed like I was like the Homer, be like Celtics in five, let's go, bro. They fucking swept them. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable how it ended up going down. Yes, it was the closest. I think it was like the third closest sweep in NBA history. When it comes I to like sweeps the, sweep. the, the point, a point exactly a point differential. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Shit, <laughs> bro. What, what's most amazing about the whole thing is like the Jason Tatum part is unbelievable. We'll get uh, to that. his 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 we'll statistics against Durant one on one is just absurd. Yeah. But the the defensive proudness that this team showed it just really is what Ray was saying. Or, you know, late, uh, later in the season this year is defense travels and. and when you see defense in the playoffs, man, it's something that not a lot of teams have. And to play defense to this level, too, you know what I mean? Game in and game out. Like, honestly, like, I never got worried in any of those four games because you're just like, bro, it doesn't matter because when it comes down to it, we're going to get that stop. When you need to stop, it's happening. And, and it's just such a different mindset that we've had with Celtics for the past four years. And we, we preach that on that show. Whereas, like, the mindset is so different. They wanted the Nets, and we got them, and they fucking dominated them. Four games. It's amazing. Yeah. Defense does travel. I thought they looked better in the two away games, in the, especially the fir- their first half performances in the two away games. And the consistency in that defense is, was absolutely a thing. Uh, Joe, we didn't get a chance to, to really chat about it prior to the series, so you're really not on record about the Celtics' uh, chances in that series, so you can really say you thought whatever you want, but... Uh, to, it's a two-parter what how'd you feel going in you know and how 
close were you? And did your expectations, did, 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 were they met? Did they change? How did it coexist in your head? My expectations were met because as Ray said, and we just said it five times, defense travels, um, and seeing what Brad did with this team at the trade deadline, um, working his way towards the, the playoffs. I like what Ime does. I don't know if Ime Udoka is a great NBA coach. Now, granted, he got it. This is his first job, his first head coaching job, his first playoff appearance. He beat Kyrie and Kevin Durant in the Nets. Fine. But what I think he does do is he motivates the right way. And he motivates these guys in a way that works for him. They're putting together a team, which is something I said vehemently against Danny Ainge for the last two years was I feel like him and Brad are butting heads. And Bobby, you and I talked about this a bunch is that Brad and Brad and Danny butted heads and they weren't really putting a team together for Brad as the head coach. They were Danny wanted to put together his team. And I think that's the difference here. And the guys that Brad kept around, not trading away a guy like Marcus Smart, um, bringing back a guy like Al Horford, it's such a big move by a guy like, like Brad Stevens, because I think he recognized that what he was working with didn't work for him, but it could work for Ime. Um, so I was pretty high going into the series. I think that also had to do with the fact that I, I am just, I was just sick and tired of Kyrie Irving. I thought KD as much as I'll give Jason Tatum all the credit in the world. And I don't want this next statement to take anything away from him. Uh, but I think KD dogged him a little bit in that series. Um, com- comparatively, right? Like we know KD is one of the best in the world, but I don't think he played to his best ability and that's fine. I'm, I'm happy with it because Dave, you're right. It sweeps the sweep. So I was happy with this series. I, this was the most basketball I've watched because I actually came around. So call me a bandwagon fan. You're a bandwagon fan. Thank you. No, sorry. I thought that's what you wanted me to do. I, I did. Yes. That's, that's perfect. But <laughs> no, these guys, are, these guys are fun to watch and they were fun to watch in that series. I have cautious optimism going into the next series. I'll just say what I was going to say, because I, I have to defend Ime's honor just for one second, because I think... You beat me to the punch. I, I think what, like, okay, so coaching in different sports has different applications, and it has different effects, and it, by that merit, coaching is more important in some sports than it is in others. I think that you can have a great basketball team with an average coach and win a championship. I don't think that that's true in, the, say, the NFL. Sure. You know, or or, or, or different sports last year is, is is the best exactly, is the best example. Exactly. Of it. I mean, there's recent examples. There's examples all throughout history. Now, you can and like, I mean, if Mike was here, he'd say that. Oh, eight Celtics probably. <laughs> but uh, but the you know the point being, I I do think having a good coach can also win your championship in the NBA. And I think the the way to see what a coach is actually doing is the exact things that we saw with the Boston Celtics in that playoff series because. One, Rob Williams goes down and the amount of impact it has. Now, Bobby and I were going back and forth about Tice and how he can't do what Rob Williams does, but not a lot of people can be 6'9 and have a 7'2 wingspan. <laughs> that's, you know, that's part <laughs> of it. But the fact that the drop off was so minimal, I think defensively, especially, I think is a credit to Ime. I think they look, and Ray made this point on the last show, they looked, they do stuff like the prime pop Spurs so that has to be somewhat his fingerprint as well but uh, although that's sort of the jury's still out there that that sort of remains to be seen but that's a guy who knows how to win a playoff series you know that's a guy who's been there he's been in and around championships playoff series all that kind of stuff and i think the fact that they stayed so consistent 
across all four games. And I'll also give him credit for uh, whether it's indirectly by motivating, motivating Tatum and, and Brown and to be the stars that they are now and, and to have that attitude they are, or directly like in, in the huddle talking them through this, they had the killer instinct. Yeah, they yeah. stepped on their yep. fucking necks. And I yeah. really think that that comes like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. We didn't have that before he got here. They just didn't. So like, I don't think, I don't think they licked it off the fucking grass is all I'm saying. Go ahead, Bobby. Yeah, no, it, it goes back to remember our podcast two weeks ago, bro, where we were sitting here. They had just gone into that final game of the season where we could have sat everyone and avoided the nets. And the Celtics did the exact fucking opposite right. where they didn't just play everyone. They played everyone right. and they absolutely fucking demolished that team. Did you hear what he may said about that today? Yeah, that he asked the players and the players were like, fuck yeah, we want the Nets. Bring them on. He was like, we're, we play basketball. We're not, we're not marathon runners. We're not running from anybody or whatever he said. I was like, that's great. Listen, that's exactly why I was so high on them going into this series. Be- literally up until that point. DK, we had the conversation about Williams. We had this conversation. I, I was very tentative until I heard that, man. And that that just, to me, shows what a great job Emmy really has done with this team. Because, listen, that's not... I said this before. They would not have done that last year. No yep. chance. No chance in hell would they have gone up and said, we want this fucking team. No. I think one of the biggest criticisms has been that they... They seemed disinterested. They were so you know? soft, man. They seemed, they, yeah, they were letting letting people roll over them. And I think that the thing that's changed from that time till now is is the head coach and like the culture. And I think, I also think like they ha- always had all the talent in the world. Like, the, yeah, I mean, it's great that we have the Al Horfords of the world and he like, he's looking like vintage Al and he's like running the perimeter it's and crazy. he's like shooting confidently. And like, that's all great. And like, it's great that our role players were 10 times better than the Brooklyn role players. And it's great that when Blake Griffin started a little run, the Celtics of four years ago would have been, oh shit. And you would, they would have let, I guarantee you they would have let Blake Griffin beat them up. You know what I mean? Like that's like Tyler Hero starting to just fucking like be absolutely wet from the perimeter. Like we watched it happen to these teams already. And I just think by, as an aside, by the way, in that game, I think it was game three, Blake starts to just like attack us. And it's like, why hasn't Blake been on the floor the entire time? Yeah. Cause Steve Nash, it turns out is not a great head coach, by the way. <laughs> that's, that's a side note. Yeah. He's been um, really okay. Yeah, I mean, Ray was right. We were wrong about that. <laughs> so fair enough. But the, uh, yeah, Blake comes out and he starts to go at us. What, what does Jalen Brown do? Jalen Brown takes the ball and goes at Blake Griffin. Just can, just goes at him once, twice, three times. Goes, all right, how long can you he keep looked, it up for? Like, let's he go. He so gassed too. Blake yeah, Griffin yeah. was, oh, Blake on, was on, so he tired. Was he was so tired. And it was like, yeah. He was just dripping sweat. You're like, bro. Right, <laughs> right. But also like okay? to speak to the mentality. They were like, we're not letting fucking Blake Griffin do this to us. We're not letting Blake Griffin do this to us right now. That's not who we are as a team. And I think that leads me into my next point. The question I want to ask you guys, I'll throw it to Joe first. What do you think, as far as the prestige of the team we just beat? I know that you have your issues with Kyrie Irving, and maybe it sounds like a little bit Kevin Durant. But I think it's a pretty fucking big deal that we just beat the team with the best player in the NBA on it, which is kind of consensus at this point. And top three point guards, Bobby, top three, I would we'd say at least, you know, him, Steph and like, uh, you know, like a little maybe a battle between the Trey Youngs and the John Morants of the world. Ja, like we're kind of yeah, right in there. Yeah, like maybe Ja. So that's pretty impressive, like to me. And I, I think it's like the more Celtics fans shit on Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, the more it takes away from the prestige of the win a little bit, you know, because I think it is a big deal. And I think that was going to be one of the hardest teams we faced in the playoffs. 
So what do you think that means, Joe, like going forward? Like, do you see it the same way I do? Do you think we can beat anybody now? Or is it more like, I don't know. I mean, they, you know, they were kind of mental midgets, like you've been saying, like they couldn't get it together. Maybe anybody would have done that to them. Are we going to see a continuation of that mentality and, and that kind of aggression going into the next round? Or it was it a fluke because the Nets suck? I think we saw the best out of the Nets in the first two games of the series. And I think in the third game, they went into they definitely quit. Mode. They definitely mentally quit. Yeah. That's yeah, for sure. In the third game, they went into desperation mode, and in game four, they quit, and and that was that. And that, that's not to, I mean, they, like like you guys said that that was one of the closest sweeps, or Bobby said that's one of the closest sweeps in NBA history. But it's still a sweep, so it's like, all right. I so, think that's a credit to us because I think one of the biggest one of the biggest criticisms was we don't we we can't close out close games. That was like right, one of the biggest criticisms. Yeah, and then we just did it four times in a row. Right, and I and and against two of the best players in the NBA, and that. I'll give Kyrie that. When he wants to play, he is one of the best. That game one was absurd. Yeah, but that's the problem with the NBA more than any other sport is that you don't have to play at 100% 82 nights and you can still be considered one of the best in the league. And it's like, this guy missed half the season because whether it was the, the, the COVID vaccination or... I mean, you're still playing fucking four quarters of basketball, though. It's like, yeah. I've watched these right fielders sure. out there scratching their fucking buttholes for like 182 games. That's why I millions. like baseball so much. I like <laughs> It's like, you don't have to bubble. try your hardest. <laughs> you hardly have to try your fucking hardest. No, you don't. And, and that season's 162 games. It's, a, it's an entire, it's two NBA seasons on top of each other um, with usually one day off a week. You're right, but it's not as, me- it's not as physically taxing as a game like basketball. No, don't take anything away from the Celtics. I don't take anything. I think this is impressive. Um, I, my my biggest thing with KD is him coming out and with his comments of, oh, they should retire my jersey here and they should retire my jersey. It's like, dude, shut up. You're still playing. Like, let's talk five years after after you're done. And then let's talk about that. Because, I mean, you think about a guy getting a, a number retired or, and this is kind of going off on a rant, but when you think of a guy getting into a Hall of Fame, whether it's for a team, for a league, a sport, uh, and having their number retired, it's about leaving a mark on that team. What mark did he leave on the teams that like, like, should the Patriots retire Randy Moss's jersey because they went undefeated in the regular season and lost in the Super Bowl? So should KD have his his jersey number retired in Oklahoma City? That's kind of what what I throw out there on that. I, I have a problem with him on that. He's one of the best players in the world. Um, I still think he's way too skinny. He's always been way too skinny, but it. Besides the point, his how he looks is not something against him. Uh, and then in the, in the terms of Kyrie, I just think Kyrie's a bum. I and what he did in Boston in the series was was. And then to make him try to make himself look like the victim, I mean that that was that's my biggest issue with Kyrie. Like just own it, just own it. Don't you know? But uh, but back to the original question, Dave. Just because I, I don't want to go off on a rant. I think it's too late. <laughs> yeah, I know. Celtics, Celtics get all the credit here because of because of their defensive play. Marcus Smart walked into game one with a DPOY jacket on, and uh, he backed it up. I gave him shit for it in in our Discord, and he backed it up, and he played a hell of a series. And I'm not oh, best Marcus Smart series in Celtics uniform. Oh, yeah. without, without, no, without, without that, and, yeah. and that and that comes from what we just said about Ime. His when we were talking in the last piece about Ime and. Uh, you were giving him credit. I agree. His rotations were perfect in that series. They yeah, I was like perfect. not angry at who was on the floor that no. often. And I feel like that's the number one thing I'm angry about when I watch basketball. And I like, there was actually one point in the Discord where I was like, 
all right, just put the fucking crunch time lineup out. And then I was, I looked at the screen and I was like, wait, no, they're, they're right. out there. Yeah, they're <laughs> I, was right. Like, yeah. I was like, wait, no, they're all out there. Bobby was like, yeah, I was looking like, who is that missing? I was like, sorry. I just, I got like pre mad about it. Are you saying email was a step ahead of you on like Brad? I mean, like the, the thing is, is that I think, I think he, I like when the coach beats me to fucking like thoughts. You know what I mean? I want that to happen. And like, I think you're in a bad way. And I've been there with other teams uh, that, you know, we'll go and mention. Where you're going like, dude, don't do that. And then they do it and it goes terribly. And you're like, why do I know more than you know? That's I don't want that from my coach, you know? So yes, I'm happy that for him. To We've be, been living that for like 20 years. Yeah, DK. I want him to be. Yes, exactly. We all know what we're talking about. So but I'm like, dude, I mean, he, I want him to be 20 steps ahead of me. I want him to know a thousand times more about basketball than I do for sure. But like, I mean, if he retires and wants to just fucking sit around with a bunch of other fucking jackasses and yap into a microphone about it, then we can like, know the same amount. But I need him to win. So, Bobby, same question to you. What do you think the prestige level of the team we just beat is? Do you think that, do you think that we beat, how, how much of a lie was that seventh seed? You know, like how much of a mountain did we just climb? And because to me, the sky's the limit now because I full on rated the Brooklyn Nets. But like, you know, some, some people maybe are saying, ah, they never really showed up mentally, da, da, da. Where are you at them because of this stuff? Listen, the prestige is at an all time high, if you're asking me, because KD didn't just not show up. He's never, that's never happened before. It's never in his entire, it's never happened before. We did that, so it's not a, a, a like you know he just you know had four bad games. No, we fucking forced that motherfucker to have four bad games. That doesn't three happen. bad three bad games. He was awesome in game four. Three bad games. But if you look at the stats, man, and, and I, I don't want to lead this into our Jasons, but Jason Tatum was so locked down defensively on Kevin Durant that it, it 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 just I feel like it sent a message to the rest of the team that is like listen our your star your number one guy is going at the number one player in the world and shutting him the fuck down you better not let fucking uh what's that guy's name uh uh brown you better not let brown go off on, right. on you or you right. better not let these dudes do this because listen your guy is shutting yeah. down KD so yeah. what the fuck are you doing yeah and he was just up in his face the way he was doing it the too. Whole like time. The, whole, the obvious oh, game bro. plan was smother, smother KD, smother, no smother, smother shots, no, no easy nothing shots. easy. Boom, boom, yeah. get in his way. I like it was fucking all time like game plan execution. And he hated it. You could tell KD fucking. It was, I honestly hated thought he was going to freak out like yeah. way more than he actually did. But on that note, I'll say this because I, I I agree with you. I think after game one. There was three certainties in life: death, taxes, and Kevin Durant going fucking off next game. And then it didn't happen. And then after game two, you're like, all right, well, then now it's really going to happen because you just know in your heart, you're watching that you're watching the the Brooklyn Nets go home and you're like, all right, we're due one. We're doing hell. Like if we're going to honestly, like anybody with a discerning eye watching that series was going in going, all right, if we're going to take one, let's take game four. You know what I mean? Like if we're going to take one, let's take game four because you know, Katie's coming out to fucking play tonight. You know, he's going to ball out and it didn't happen again. Which is crazy. <laughs> not only did it not happen, so game three is the one that Joe, I'll agree with you, where he dogged it. And he wasn't, you, you could he tell KD, out he was defeated, bro. Yeah. He, what did he have? He had like four shots in the first half, yeah. which is fucking unheard of. Give Jason Tatum more credit on, on that, though. And this is where this is where I'm going to kind of take Dave's stance with, with, with what he did with is I don't think Kevin Durant's ever been punched in the nose like that. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Agreed. Ever in his career. Where okay. he's had someone in his face. I've never seen. That's because people can't keep up with him. It's not for lack of trying. Well, that, 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 fair the thing enough, is, is like Tatum's, Tatum's ability to be as fast as him. 
you know, like to get to right. these spots like him, like into to a lot of times he was there before Katie got there. He knew where he was going to go. He knows his spots, dude. He watched his tape. He watched his tape. He, he definitely really did. watched his tape. And I've never seen defense play like that in the NBA. It's a, you know, it's a reason why we were kind of, uh, we were kind of leaning towards this maybe happening, the majesty and the narratives of, of this season, because this is a guy that Jason Tatum's modeled his game after. And this has been obvious since he got to the NBA. Like the way that Jason Tatum plays is very similar to the way Kevin Durant plays because they can both make their own shots wherever they want. So like, what's the most effective shot to make if you're like longer and faster than everybody else? Like both of those guys are now granted Kevin Durant is fucking taller, but what does that mean? It means Jason Tatum has got to add some other shit to his game. Now, playmaking, we were all on fucking board with him adding playmaking to his game. I still think he fucking stands up too high when he dribbles. But, like, honestly, we're fucking splitting hairs at this point. The dude's a bona fide top five NBA superstar, like, facts. But the guy played a defensive game that I did not know he was capable of yeah, in a playoff that, series. That's, that, that's, and I don't think anybody knew thing. that. I think he was, like... He Kobe'd that shit. He had it in his fucking back pocket and he was going like, wait until people's... Because, yeah, he was playing good defense all season. Like, I'm not saying it came out of absolutely nowhere. But I think he knew, because Tatum's been like this. He's like, I'm going to go up a level now. I'm going to go up a level now. I'm going to go up a level on this thing now. And I think for him to kind of be like, watch how good I am at defense, though. And then just fucking <laughs> get up in fucking KD's grill for four straight. And it was so enjoyable to watch. It was so enjoyable to watch because you're like, it's happening again. It's happening yeah. again. <laughs> and it's and it was just fantastic. It, it was that enjoyable because not only did you see uh, uh, Jason Tatum do it, but Kevin Durant had no answer for it. No I, can, I, I keep picturing no in my mind answer. him getting a pass at the top of the key. Jason Tatum getting in his face. Literally like stomach against his ribs and not letting him go anywhere. And KD didn't, he wanted nothing of it. He looked uncomfortable. Yeah. And and I think that that, like you said, he watched his tape. How do you make this guy uncomfortable? That's the way you make them make mistakes. And and I think that comes back to one, everything's going well when you're winning and when you're playing well, when you have a good coach, when they put a good team around you, when you're eight to nine guys deep and everybody can play and you can fill in for Rob Williams with Daniel Tice. I mean, look at I just love that, that, and this goes back to the Danny Ainge days. It just shows me how much um, Brad Stevens enjoyed having Al Horford and Daniel Tice here because he brought him back. And I know that seems simple, but if you really think of it on the level of what Danny Ainge did here in the last two years with all the debacles he had with player uh, personnel and putting this team together. I mean, he's, we now have eight to nine guys on the team that can play at all times, and you can pull Tatum and Brown off the floor for two minutes and still feel comfortable. And, and yeah. that's just, that's a good problem to have. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, that leads as well into the conversation about the role players. I think we've touched on briefly the fact that Marcus Smart had one of the best, if not the best, I think definitely the best series he's ever had in a Celtics uniform in the playoffs. Um, we talked a little bit about the defensive player of the year moment, him coming in the robe. And I just think that's the kind of swagger this team brought. And I think we've talked about Marcus Smart being our emotional leader. We've talked about it coming from him. Uh, you know, a lot of the huddles when you or when he's mic'd up or when they got a mic in the huddle, you can hear him and he's just going, no matter what happens, we just stay playing. We stay like we, yeah. we overcome adversity. Like he's just got this like mantra down. So Bobby, let me t- let's talk to me about uh, talk to me about Marcus Smart. Like how important was he in the series? Uh, well, you know, what did he do right? And what do you want to see more of? He stopped shooting. He stopped shooting. Oh, he shot a good amount, dude. He shot a good amount. Put it, and no, he shot put well. it this way. He shot well because he was taking the shots that he can take, not the shots that he was forced to take. 
And and I felt like he he was he felt that way, and I, I think he was told, "You're the defensive player of the year. You're going to have to play some offense on the other end of the court." But you know, let let's get this set up. The the team the the way the offense is running, it's running to set guys up for what they're good at, not for what they think they're good at. And that, that I love that is that he took the shots that he can make and not just throwing the ball up from beyond three point. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. So when you think about what Marcus Smart was before is he was a, a a defensive two guard who who exactly what you, you know what I mean he just shot so much and he would force up shots he would do all these things now man he's so bought in to being that point guard that he's literally risen to a level where he's one of the best point guards in the fucking league and I don't think I've ever had more confidence in the shots that Marcus actually takes so I was texting my other buddy this that every decision that Marcus makes now it used to be Marcus was the king of the no. Oh, okay, bro. I don't have those no moments anymore. What, what the decisions that he makes, I'm so comfortable with on the court now because it's just I don't know if it's Emmy. No, a hundred percent is Emmy, and his ability to just have Marcus buy into this system, have Marcus buy into this role that he's playing. Like he's so important to this team and the mindset that they have. Uh that they've baked. I don't even know the right, that's the right fucking word, but this culture that they've like, just, it's so amazing what he's done with this team, man. And and the level that he's pulled this game up to, like, I know fucking Josh is my most improved player, but if you ask me, there isn't a, a player that improved more this year than Marcus smart, man. He's so unbelievable on both ends of the four. Now he, without Marcus, we don't sweep that series. You know what I mean? You think about that decision to pass the ball to Tatum. Yeah. You think about those open threes that he was hitting. He was facilitating. What was he in three points this this series? His percentage was definitely in the 40s. So it, it just, while, while you're looking that up, Bobby, I, I think one of the biggest things is you, you look at him and you say he's one of the most improved. I, I don't disagree that he's one of the most improved, but I don't think improved is the right word. I think he was a lost soul, if you will, to get really deep and was guided back down the, the right path because he, he, he had a tendency to veer off and, and have too much freedom. And I think that's one thing he made has done is brought the guys in and, and put them into the positions that allow them to succeed the best. And he's done that with Marcus Smart. I think Marcus Smart has always been this player. He just didn't know he could be this player. He thought he could. He just didn't know it. And and I, I I love that about him right now. He was thirty one percent. He wasn't great. Whoa, really? That was that's really low. Yeah, I know it wasn't great. Probably higher than he's been shooting. You know, it's no, that's actually lower for. I feel like that's a low percentage for him. You know what though? I think the threes he did hit were big. I think yeah. uh, I think the I'm threes surprised he, by that. I'm a little surprised by that too. But you know what? I think it's it's thirty one percent of a lot less shots, and I think his volume went down from around the perimeter. So you're not just seeing him jack jack up fucking shots like Joe's saying. Moving on to a couple of other role players, we got Rob Williams back in the rotation for the last game. I think uh, or back up to four minutes for the last game. He did like fifteen minutes. I didn't really notice him too much in in game three. Um, on pure presence, I think it's good that he's back, but he looked a little rusty to me. He didn't look a hundred percent. Look, he, his timing was off. Yeah, and also like, his impact was immediate. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I think he he definitely helped in there. I think he was like he he made a difference defensively. I think having that rim protection was definitely nice. But I don't think that they were kicking our asses underneath the rim for three you know two games up until that point anyway. And I but, I don't 
know if I was like, like I was glad to not be in a position to be calling for Rob Williams being like, Jesus Christ, we're getting murdered. I know you maybe disagree a little bit, Bobby, because you were saying some shit about Tice. Yeah, no. So that's the, the only thing with Tice is you didn't see uh, Horford and Smart yelling at Rob Williams 80% of the game. Listen, Tice, Tice is, is good at what he does, but he's get, he gets caught out of position way too much. And I mean, I don't know if it's just because we know what it looks like with Rob Williams and how perfect and, and how amazing it is when he's yeah. at full strength, but obviously it didn't affect him too much. So, I mean, it is what it is. I'm happy he was back in there. It's, but it's not as if it's not as if Tice. Yeah, I get what you, I got what you're saying when you were saying it, but it's not as if Tice was like inept. He wasn't inept, no, right? But he even wasn't the moments like where he yet. was like definitely a bit of a liability, and they were definitely making a ton of back cuts on him because he was just like not able to keep up with he guys. Didn't like know whether to, he didn't know but, whether to stretch out or, or yeah. fade into it. He made some poor choices in, in moments, but I think that we defended so well as a team that I don't think like it, they like that were we were so good at our switches. We were so good at. And and then not switching as well. I thought that the way that we stayed dogged on one on one matchups, especially Tatum and Smart, I thought they did. They both did an amazing job of being like, "I'm not. Don't switch. I'm staying with him. He's not. This screen. This screen's not going to beat me. You know what I mean? Like I'm just going to like. I'm going to use my footwork and I'm going to run my ass off and I'm going to stay right in front of him. And I think that uh, that that helped us because then you're not. They, you don't give them an opportunity like we saw in the Heat series when they just when they, like they went to zone on one end and then the other end they just like killed us on our switches because they were like we know their switches we know when they're coming it's going to be this guy to this guy let's draw them out and then let's like cut them apart and that was happening to us so much it doesn't happen anymore because it those screens are tiring and the, the reason you do them is so you can switch defenders and get mismatches or you know like e- easy rolls to the basket and when you're doing that and the guy's still right in your fucking face, like he didn't get eaten up by the screen. He's still right in front of you. Like you sort of start to give up on that aspect of it too, right? So I think we did sort of break them down mentally in that sense. One person we can't leave without talking about is Grant fucking Williams. bro. Yeah, he had a this, great series. Yeah. This dude, I, I have never seen someone take my opinion of them from you do not belong on a court in NBA crunch time to literally earning yourself in a matter of three games, a spot on that floor in the last two minutes of the fucking game and me being so comfortable with it. And when he lines up that three point shot, bro, I'm, you you know, it's in, you know what I mean? Like if he's open, he's hitting that fucking shot. And I haven't seen someone ascend like that literally since like Eddie House in that 08 days where like you I think were, he's I think he's a little know, better than Eddie House. Yeah, I, I do too. <laughs> still. Bro, it, so his stats in this series. Think about His game 3 was enormous, I know that. Grant, he had a Grant crazy Williams high. went from averaging 11 minutes last playoff series last year to 30 minutes a game this series. And don't forget 50% from three point and 70% from the field. Bro, 70% from the field that is yeah. Also, don't forget that those 11 minutes last season was were about four to five minutes too many. <laughs> At right, that exa- point. Exactly. <laughs> and it's crazy. And we want to talk about Tatum's defense, talk about Brown's defense, talk about Smart's defense. Listen, he didn't back down from KD either. You no, know I was going to say, he was definitely K- the second guy on KD for the entire series. And I think he did a really good job. Yeah, that's what I mean. And you're, con- and you're okay with it. You yeah. know, last, last year at this time, if you told me, that Grant Williams is going to go one-on-one with Jason fucking Tatum in the playoffs, and we were going to be like, oh, word, let's go, Williams. Bro, not a fucking chance. You know what I yeah. mean? Not a fucking chance. And now we're here, 
and it's a legit thing. It, it it's real. Grant Williams is a legit NBA defender, role player, and he's gonna be. If we're gonna make a run, Grant Williams is going to be a vital, important piece of that run. And that's not something I was ever prepared to say before. Bro, before this series, he was good going. Well, you know what? He was good in the regular season, but I mean, he was like a he was like a forty four percent. Right, he wouldn't be this, shooter in the regular season. Unbelievable. Too. I think, yeah, I think he had a great series. I think everybody stepped up. Now is a good time then to move on to the next series, which I think we're all pretty sure it's going to be Milwaukee. I'd be pretty surprised. They're up like 25 right now. In, yeah. Are they up 25 again? Yeah. So they fucking smash Chicago. They're a good team. They're up, so, they're the uh, they're the NBA champions, and they're not uh, they're not to be trifled with. I think it's a it's going to be a hard road if we do get to these NBA finals. So. I think, you know, just to lead us off, I think I think the matchups are going to be a little bit different. I think we're going to need a completely different game plan against them. I don't think that Tatum can do to Giannis what he did to KD, and that's not because Giannis is better. It's because he's fucking enormous, and I think we're going to we're gonna have to guard. He's just going to take him to the post, and I think that we're going to have to guard Giannis by committee, but what I think that means, my kind of hot take prediction for this next series is this next series at home is where we're going to see Jason Tatum's like 50, 55-point playoff game uh in this run i think that that wasn't i think he had great scoring games but i don't think that was ever going to be possible with the job he had to do on kevin durant that we just spent all that time discussing and i think that the smartest thing we can do is is unlock him offensively because i don't think they have anybody on that court that can live with him defensively not even close so going in it's going to be a different mindset it's going to be a different game plan but I, you know, I, I feel like there was worse Celtics teams than this that that did a pretty decent job on Giannis. So, Bobby, I'll start with you. What do you think going in? Are you scared? Or are you more scared, less scared than you were against Brooklyn? I mean, I know you're hype about the performance, but it's a, it's a different kettle of fish, right? So what do you see going in? Yeah, man. I mean, so the key to this, uh, it, we just talked about him, is in the regular season, the guy that we put on Giannis that actually did an okay job on him was Grant Williams because he can match the strength. He's Strangely, got, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, got, he's got that lower body strength to stick with him in the post. It, it's going to be different than what we just saw for sure. I mean, I, I'm still picking the Celtics just because of exactly what we said, the defensive prowess we saw in this first round series. Chris Middleton is out, which I'm not sure how much that matters anymore because... Dude, it feels like he's always out, though. It feels like they can't rely on him. And since he went out, they've absolutely dominated the Bulls three straight games. Since that happened, I think it's like 25 points, 20 points. And now Joe's saying it's better up. when he's not there. <laughs> no, they're up 19 and third. Yeah, it, it kind of seems like a Ewing theory to me, to quote Bill Simmons real quick. But like, the Ewing theory is bullshit, though. Like, let's be honest. Patrick Ewing didn't make the fucking Knicks worse. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't see it at the same confidence that I saw that first series, I, I think Giannis is going to give us a little bit more problems than KD did because, like you said, we don't have the matchup for him. So a Giannis 40-point, 15-rebound game. Sure. That's inevitable in this series, yeah, which we definitely. said about the last series. So who the fuck knows? Difference. Do we, we know why it's different, though. But, yeah, so it's, it, I think that's inevitable in this series. I, I still like the Celtics in six. If it gets to seven, again, because of that demeanor we had at the end of the regular season, we get game seven at home. And I don't think there's a bigger home court advantage in the NBA right now. If I'm yeah. being honest, like that's that's a legitimate thing. It's like Boston is a feared fucking place to play in yeah. the NBA playoffs. So yeah, another reason why you should watch Winning Time. I mean, I'm just saying. Okay, uh, but Fair. no, I agree. And Joe, I'll go to you next. The uh, the <laughs> it's so good, I'm, bro. He's no, been he's been pitching the show for like a month and a half now. 
<laughs> I'm just trying to do you a favor. Joe, go to you. That'd be a to... sweet sponsor. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm, HBO. I, yeah, right. I, I'm, I'm with Bobby. I, I think it's going to be less of a defensive fight, which sounds weird, right? But I, I think we're dealing with a team we're going to have to run with and keep pace with, rather than a team we can get in the face of and and back down. Uh, their bench is deeper. Yeah, the role players on the fucking Nets were absolutely trash. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're <laughs> awful because well, it's because they spent all their money on the, their big three and Blake Griffin. So besides that, yeah, the role players on the bench for for the Bucks is much more like ours. Like these two teams are very similar. I don't think either one of our superstars are as big and strong as Giannis, uh, but I think they they do things better than he can in in other aspects of the game. I like the Celtics in six too. I think. There's going to be a game, like Bobby said, where you're going to get a 40-15 performance from Giannis, and they're going to, you know, again, to use the analogy again, they're going to punch us in the nose and and kind of knock us out and bring us back down to earth. Because right now the Celtics are on top of the world. They're on cloud nine. And, you know, people are starting to say Celtics Warriors in the NBA championship. And it's like, well, guys, let's slow down. I mean, you've got a Mavericks team that's playing like the Celtics did without rob williams without luka Doncic. i mean you, and then that mavericks team is pretty scary and nobody expected them to be so i mean you know I, I i look at also the heat minus jimmy butler last night yeah and the heat too and he like to stay in the east sure it's like you know but it so who knows i mean everybody people want to speculate so far out and it's like guys let's let these series play out but yeah i like the celtics in six because i think overall i think they they have the better they're going to have the better coaching and the better discipline to stay in the game. And of course, all we heard in the first series was, well, see which game Scott Foster has, see which game Scott Foster has. So let's see which game in this series Scott Foster is the official of. And, and maybe we'll know how it goes. Although yeah, he's so fucking bad, dude. Hey, the Celtics benefited from it in game four. So, I mean, they tried. They tried so fucking hard to keep that series alive. It's like, it's not even. Oh God, I was pissing well, off. Well, it's because so the Nets didn't want That offensive like, foul was so, yeah. Oh, it was, oh yeah. That, God, was, that was one of the worst offensive fouls in the playoffs I've ever seen. He doesn't give a fuck, dude. No, well, he doesn't. They also had a an officials meeting in New York like three days prior to that game four or something. So, that sounds like a party I want to be at. The officials meeting. Let's get a bunch of referee types in a with room. Adam you know Silver and the and the NBA officials. Uh, there are some good ones. I love the. By the way, I, I love the sideline camera when they do reviews and they come right up and they like they're like as close as I am to the camera right now and they're like looking down on you. I think that's the coolest thing they've added in the NBA in a long time. Uh, I Celtics and I think six. we just got an insight into uh, what kind of porn Joe, Joe watches. POV POV strictly POV strictly hashtag POV. That'll be POV is good too. I mean, I'm just saying. Who doesn't? Um, you know, you gotta yeah, get you gotta, put your, you gotta put the yourself mindset. There. You yeah, the, put your, <laughs> the sun's not <laughs> down in LA, guys. Yeah, we can't have MTP after dark. Water shit. But, um, but yeah, so so anyway, so wait, let me. So first of all, the Celtics right now are. This is not something I thought we would be talking about. Our favorite in the fucking Eastern Conference to come out and go to the finals at this point. We're plus is that after? Is that after they won the series or before? After they won the series. So that's updated odds. Plus 180, the Nets, uh, not the Nets. The Heat are like plus 210 or something like that. So they're second. Celtics are favored to come out of the East right now. So that's that's how high Vegas is on the Celtics, which is not so, something yeah, I was so, prepared so for. So I was trying to get you guys to say is that it's fucking wild that we beat KD in the Nets at the, in the fashion that we did, it's in crazy, the way that we man. did. Wild. And like, it means Best that we're... Best defensive series in the playoffs probably 
at least in the last five. It was the best defensive performance I've ever seen in the the entirety of watching basketball. It's the best defensive performance I've ever seen because it's not, those guys just don't have back-to-back bad games in the playoffs. They just don't. And then we we did that and it's fucking insane. (laughs) It's so crazy. Like you said, just again, to go off that thought, Bobby, before you go. Yeah. That's that's where you said it earlier. And I I think we kind of skimmed over a little bit was that's kind of pops mentality, right? Like, guys bust their ass and play their butts off and you know you have your superstars you have your big names um and then you know you go and do what you have to do to win the series no matter what it takes and that's very greg popovich-esque and i i think he may channeling that and a good thing for for celtics fans yeah and listen so i want to pitch something to you guys that i i, I mean, didn't think oh, I, I didn't I, I didn't think would be a possibility coming into this right so it's very possible that three weeks from now, a month from now, however long it takes to finish this, this seems out. jinxy. This seems no, jinxy it's not, as fuck. It's not, it's not, yeah. listen, it's not. But it, it's, so let's say it does happen, right? We go on this run. It is what we think it could be. It's very possible at the end of this fucking season, Jason Tatum is being talked about as the best fucking player in the world. And that is something that I was not prepared for coming into the season. Because you think about it, right? If we go on this road, what does he have to do? Right. Let's talk about be, it when we get there. Be, no, no, no. Just, just hear me out. Beat Giannis, right? Beat the Heat and Jimmy Butler. And then possibly go up against fucking Stephen Curry. Or go up against fucking Ja Morant. Like, the things that he will have to do to get to this point. It's, 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 it's an actual possibility that after this entire run, Jason Tatum is seen as the best fucking player in the world. And that's well, not something I was prepared to talk about. Coming into this fucking playoff run, but listen, he's just to talk about right now. Listen, he just (laughs) dominated Kevin Durant for four fucking games, and that's it's it's a different mindset that now. Listen, you can't make a list, right, uh, of the top players in the NBA and get to the fifth spot without mentioning Jason Tatum. No, he's top five. That is a real thing that we are at now. So, like, if if this run happens. He's going to be above Embiid. He's going to be above Jokic. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you just go down the list, and even if we get to the finals and lose, he's still above all these dudes going into the next season. And it's like, going into this year, he was top 10, maybe. But because of what we just witnessed, what the domination he just had on Durant, if he gets past Giannis, he gets past Embiid, bro, sky's the fucking limit. Man, sky is the limit. There's a big youth movement going on in the league right now because you have your guys like Kyrie, who's a, a little bit older. He's not as old as a, a KD or a LeBron or a Bla- Le- Blake Griffin. Not that I'm putting him in the same breath as them, but like we we are getting the, the this new young crop of guys. And as Ray has said many times, it's a four to six year window for a guy like Jason Tatum. And we're at the back end of that four to six year window. So, Bobby, I'm with you. I, I'm not prepared to have the conversation right now as Dave just alluded to, because it's an alternate reality. We could live in. It's not, no, it's, it's a, it's the current reality, but we got to get there first. Like finish the trip. It's like a cross country trip. We're going to see. You're just so excited. I'm excited. Like, no, seriously, like you're, we're on a cross country trip to go see Dave. I just picked you up in New York. And we're like hitting the Pennsylvania border and you're like, we're about to see Dave. And it's like, no, we still have like <laughs> 2,500 miles left to go, Bobby. Like, let's get there first. It's actually a pretty good fucking but analogy. Be- before, we, before we start talking about it. But the reality is we are going to see Dave. And, you know, Jason Tatum is going to be considered the best player in the world because that's the trend that we're going on. 
And I don't think he has to right. win. Everybody slow year. the fuck down. Hang for, on. For I don't think he has it's to very win possible, this year. man. It's I understand Bobby. that it's well, very Bobby, possible. Bobby, we gotta we gotta get there first because there's no way we can have that conversation now when he hasn't done that yet. Don't okay. Don't we'll put don't ifs. Ta- don't put get ifs in front of everything. You're jinxing it. You're jinxing it. This is the this is the heat series all over again. That was you. <laughs> I was trying to place blame on Bobby Dave. Just. If we do this, I'm serious. So think about what we just saw. Okay. Can if we can we talk about up, Milwaukee? Can we yes, talk we about can. Milwaukee? We can't talk about we'll talk about Milwaukee in a second. But if Bobby, if, Bobby they gotta go through two more Eastern Conference series just to get to the finals. All right, I know. So I'm talking. I know. And, and, the other, say, and, the, and Milwaukee hasn't even won it yet. Like we don't like the Heat could pull off some ridiculous comeback in the fourth quarter. They could go on to win the next two games and we could play, be playing the Miami Heat in the next round. No, the Bulls. You meant I'm sorry, the Bulls. We could, yeah. Sorry. It's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. We'll play in Milwaukee. Um, it's more likely that Jason Tatum gets talked about at the end of the season. He's the best player in the world that it is for us to be playing the Bulls in the next round. That's, I'll tell you that. yeah, that's, that's fair. It's just crazy, man, that like we went from this dude can't close out games to him just dominating four straight playoff games. What do you think the difference is? What do you think the difference is now? I think it's Emmy. I think it's yeah. Emmy, bro. I think that's what it comes down to is like, he does have a smoking hot wife. The he does have a that's a fact. But like the proudness, fucking respect the, for the head coach, please. Yeah, Jesus that is Christ. respect. I just said his wife is gorgeous. What do you mean? Fucking hell, that's coach, bro. God, <laughs> I'm not going to have a little reverence. Listen, if I was dude. wearing green, and uh, that'd be a different story. You, you don't. Think talk you should about go that. run laps right now. To be quite honest with you, I'm just. I think saying, Bobby I needs to run a lap to get him. I didn't listen. I didn't. Out. I'm just. It's something I thought about earlier today that I didn't think would be an actual possibility coming into this year. And it's on the fucking table. It's there. And if the Celtics perform up to what we think they can, it's fucking there for the taking. Yeah, I, 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 like, just to create, like, a, a little bit of a counterpoint here, I'm also, like, projecting myself into this, like, uh, utopian future that you've created for us. Bro, and, I'm wondering, and I'm wondering what, I'm wondering when we get there, uh, if we get there when we get there. I'm wondering what the other fan bases are saying, though, because it, but just hold, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. So like the, just calm the fuck down for a second. Hear me out. So the other fan bases, I think if you're saying that, like, yeah, we got through KD and he, he dominated KD. We got through Giannis and the Bucks. He won't really play one-on-one defense against him. We get through Jimmy Butler. He's Jimmy's probably not going to be his guy for most of it. I'd say Jalen or Marcus need to be on him. Probably Marcus. I think you get through this. I, I, I think a lot of people are giving us credit as a team, but I don't know if you're saying, you can put Jason Tatum on any team in the NBA and he's going to win you a championship, which is kind of the required level of reverence you have to a specific player you need to have in the NBA. It's like when LeBron was the best player in the NBA, which he was for a long, long time, it was if you, if LeBron goes to Miami, they're going to get a championship. If he comes back to Cleveland, they're going to get a championship. If he goes to LA, they're going to get a championship. And it's like you can just put him on any team because LeBron's there. It's going to accelerate that team into uh, into championship land, which... Considering how bad some of those Cavs teams actually were, I think, you know, it was like pretty fair to say. I think LeBron could kind of do it almost by himself. I'm not saying he has to be able to do it by himself, but because of how good this team is, I think a lot of people are going to be going like, yeah, but like, look at the schemes that Ime Odoka was running up. Look at how good Jalen Brown is, the next guy next to him. And look at how good he is. He had a few fucking you know, lights out performances. Look how good a team. De- they're going to be saying all the shit we've been Are you saying, saying Jason last- Tatum is a, is a system quarterback? No, of course not. He's an absolute savage. I'm just letting you know that it's even if the things that like, all, even if those things all come true and you and I know that Jason Tatum is the best player in the NBA, 
I don't think he's ever going to get talked about like that. I really don't. I don't think it's, I don't think he's in the situation. I think people will make the point. I don't think it's an outrageous point to make if all those things come true. I think I'm going to think it. I think you're going to think it. I think that makes a lot of you sense. You know I'm going to fucking think it. I know it. you're going to think it. <laughs> you're already thinking it. I'm already there, man. <laughs> but I think that there's a lot of very smart people in the world of basketball that would be going, it's still Kevin Durant. And I think that they would be, in, in a way, they'd be correct. And, or they'd be saying, I don't know, it's still Steph. Like, look what he can do. You know, uh, however, however you, there's going to be, it's going to be arguably the best player in the NBA. It's never going to be but definitively. But it's still arguably, man. And that's good enough for me. You know, that's good enough for me. <laughs> to, to counter Dave's point and, and sit you on the bench with your week six Cowboys are beating the Patriots mentality right now. Uh, and they're going to be no, the best. Team. We're no, so no, far no, no. beyond compare, the week. Don't six compare the game. Celtics to the fucking Cowboys, please. <laughs> no, it's, 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 God, it's, it's not close. So my counterpoint to that would be: you brought up a guy like KD, and you brought up a guy like Steph. KD can't go anywhere in the league and win. We've seen that. Steph has played his entire career in the same place. Now he's won the he's won the championship multiple times. He's also been hurt, and he is on the back end of his career. I mean, could. Would they really be part of that conversation? Because I don't yeah. think. KD's I mean, it was the like the, I don't KD think... just was the consensus best player in the NBA going into the season. It was just it's just the way it is, and I just think the reason for that is, I mean, he wasn't able to win. Like if if we're do if we're gonna if we're gonna have the discourse about KD's whole career, I mean, it's pretty easy to defend. It's he wasn't able to win in Oklahoma City when from his rookie year till however many years he was in the league. I think he's playing with Russell six. fucking Westbrook, and I think it's impossible to win with fucking Russell Westbrook because of his game. I agree. He went to the uh, Golden State Warriors and he made them into arguably the best basketball team ever assembled. And they fucking they won chips because they were fucking nasty. <laughs> like they just work because of him. And then he came to Brooklyn and it hasn't worked out yet. But I mean, it's not gonna. But, we, but we've just spent this entire time talking about how fucking good the Nets are because KD's on the fucking team, though. You know what I mean? And I just and I think what the only point I'm making to Bobby is if both guys became free agents even at the end of this season i think a lot of really smart people would take jason tatum on their team to go try and win a championship but i think a lot of most people would still take kevin durant because it's just the way basketball fans think you know like yeah kd got shut down in the series i absolutely i agree with you that did happen but that i mean are we gonna say kd sucks now like that doesn't make any sense no, <laughs> like, no, i it's, agree it's like he's still kevin durant you know what I mean? So, but it's way more of a conversation than it ever. Absolutely, had. absolutely, it would be, and and he would definitely, and like I think he just got to the top five. So I'm personally happy here. Like I think it just happened three days ago. So like I think you're a little greedy, but like I think he just got to the top five, and I'm I'm and I'm I'm now gonna litigate the the foundation because that's what we do here. We're gonna litigate the foundation of why he's a top five player. Before we get laughed out of the room on he's the best player in the NBA, I think. We, we all know that I like to build the house before the fucking foundation, okay? <laughs> that's like, that's literally my MO is what I Cart, do. But, of course. Cart, right, of that's, course. That, that's what I do. But like, when you listen, when you list, it, it's crazy. When you list the top five players in the NBA, Jason Tatum has to be in I that agree. list now. I he agree. has yeah. to be. I agree. And there, and totally there can't no be disagreement an argument on, on this side. So yeah, no, I agree with you. It? Okay, yeah, you can take my excitement and pull it back a little bit. All right. I mean, you're creating a false reality, and I think that, and and I think in creating it, you're being a little bit of a fucking jinx, to be honest with you, because that guy's got an ACL just like everybody else. So like, let's just like, calm the fuck down. You know what I mean? Like, let's just calm the fuck down. Like you're talking about 
But like the thing is, is it, it's sort of contradictory in its own hypothetical because you're saying like, look at how huge of a mountain he has yet to climb. But if he did climb it, he'd be the best guy. <laughs> well, it's he's like, already so it's like he's already at base camp three, though. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. But if your aunt had balls, she'd be your uncle. But she doesn't. So she isn't. You know what I mean? It's like well, if if what could have would have should have. On that note, I think we can uh, I think we can wrap things up. I think that was a lovely chat about the Celtics. I think I love your enthusiasm. And yeah, fuck it. Why not? Jason Tatum is the best fucking player in the NBA. I wasn't wrong about we can just say that because who gives five, a shit? Celtics in five was I'll, under. I'll put it to you this way. So. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I'll, I'll say this to you right now. I wouldn't trade him for all the fucking tea in China. I wouldn't trade him for Kevin Durant. I wouldn't trade him for Kevin Durant three years ago. I wouldn't trade him for fucking LeBron James circa 2012. I wouldn't trade him for fucking anybody. The ceiling is higher than, than yeah. Well, yeah but I'm not even talking about next unbelievable. season. Yeah. I'm not even talking about next season. I'm talking about for the remainder of this playoffs, I wouldn't trade him for anything. I wouldn't trade him for prime Michael Jordan. I like exactly what we're doing right now. We're, I'm going to, before you end it, we're going to go into another small rant real quick. And Joe, you said earlier, KD is too skinny, right? I couldn't He's agree not, with that more. He's not. Listen, listen, I couldn't Y'all agree more because when you think about it, right, we we always talk about it. JT is KD light. He's this light. Bro, Jason Tatum can body Kevin Durant at this point. And it's, he didn't body him. He just spent he four did. games not bodying him. He was he was playing he was playing one on one defense with him the whole That's time. That's what I mean. But like he's just stronger than him at this point. And if he's gonna be KD light, he already has another aspect of the game that KD has never had. I'm telling you, KD. I'm sorry. I'll stop. Jason Tatum's ceiling is so high because of what he has that, like, we've never. Kevin Durant is not too skinny. I think you can, if 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 you want to see if Kevin Durant needed to have a different body, I will just show you his body of work. <laughs> okay, That's and it's like facts. it's it's fine. You're not I wrong. think it's. I mean, I think he's, he's, fine. he's one of the he's one of the best to ever play the game. But just Bobby, temper your expectations and your excitement for two seconds because because and, and I'm just never. I'm just warning you. And and uh, to to offset your jinx, there is a possibility the Celtics lose this series, and he has a bad game. Like that is a possibility. Now the nice thing is, is they get a few days to rest because Milwaukee still has to finish off Chicago as they are. They're up twenty three as we record this in the fourth quarter. It's so, already finished. I, I, it is. But what I'm saying to you is, they get a couple days off. But you know, I I this is where I prepare with you you specifically to wait a week down the road and for you to be cursing the same things that you're praising because it happens all the time, especially in football. Well, it hasn't, you know, it's just, it, just to be fair, just to be completely fair, it hasn't happened so far in this playoff run. And yeah, I hope, no, no, right, I'm not, not going to sit here and hope that he's wrong. Like when he talks about the Cowboys, <laughs> it's, it's not the same thing. I think fair, at the end of the, I, I think agree. at the end of the day, I think, I give you a lot of credit for the takes you had in the last series. I think we all had some good ones. I, and I'm very excited about this Celtics team. I just think, just like they would do in privately in the, in the locker room, we're going to take it one game at a time. And we're going to take it one series at a time at most. So looking forward to the Milwaukee Bucks. Looking forward to talking to you guys again when we have played a couple of games against them. Uh, and then we know a little bit more about what the series looks like. We should definitely get a show in more in the middle of the series. That last one ended 
a little quick. It's kind of quick. <laughs> so yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> it was uh, tough to get together because the smoke had already fucking cleared by the time we, we were able to get this thing going. But that was a good show. Uh, I'm glad we're all here. Listen to us on the uh, Missing the Point stream. And we're also doing a show a week over on the 617. This week, we're doing one about the Patriots draft with two of our other contributing members, Mike Marcangelo and Rayshon Buchanan. So go check that one out if you haven't already. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Go Seas. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that the No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA.